Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Happy holidays. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. We've got a special Christmas Day slate bonus episode for everybody with three games on the Monday slate. I am your host, Chris Raybon from the Action Network, and here joining me to break it all down, one of the top rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, happy holidays. How's it going? Happy holidays. Yeah, very happy about this gift we get with the, you know, three game Christmas slate. Uh, some great matchups too. And the, the last one, you know, Ravens and Niners, like you said, potential Super Bowl preview. Uh, so yeah, it looks like a really good slate. Yeah, we got th- we got a bunch of teams that may go deep into the playoffs on here mm-hmm. with the Chiefs uh, playing the Raiders and then the Eagles. Uh, they're hosting the Giants. And then, yeah, Ray, uh, Ravens, Niners. We've got four teams that could go deep uh into yep. the playoffs on this one uh we will we'll go through each game here uh kind of break it down like a showdown obviously there should be a three game three gamer as well uh but uh let's jump into the first game of the day Vegas at KC Chiefs favored by 10 the total 41 and a half both these teams kind of middle of the pack luck rankings wise uh who do you like in the captain spot Uh, I'm going with Isaiah Pacheco here. It sounds like he's going to return to action. Um, and I would imagine they were, you know, waiting for him to be closer to 100% and return to his, you know, more of a workhorse role. Um, and this is a game where Kansas City will likely just want to lean in the run and should be able to to lean into the run. Uh, so it could be a big game for Pacheco. Uh, and I think this is a spot, you know, in the captain slide at least, he could be overlooked, you know, since he's been out the last two weeks. So his, his roster ship might be a bit lower than where it should be. Uh, but just based on this matchup, I, I like him with Pacheco here. Yeah, Vegas has struggled uh, against a run when they're not playing the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like it as well. 
uh, I like Rasheed Rice in the captain spot. You know, I kind of talked about on our uh, fans, our projection pod, I'm high on Rice this week, but I think it's interesting because his route participation for most of the year was in the 60s, 50s and 60s. So he was kind of producing unlimited uh, underlying usage. Now, the last three weeks, his route participation has gone from 69% to 82% to 93%. Now, if it can stay somewhere in that 80 to 90% range, that means that you're essentially getting Travis Kelsey uh, for like in, in Rasheed Rice prices because Kelsey plays uh, right you know in that 80 to 90% route participation range as well. He's been targeted on 24% of his routes. Rice targeted on 26% of his routes. So the fact that he's kind of drawn even now with Travis Kelsey as a guy that's on the field almost every time Patrick Mahomes drops back, He's got massive upside. And then you factor in Vegas plays the third most zone coverage in the league. Rice, 2.8 yards per route against zone coverage, seventh best in the NFL, uh, and a full yard more per route than he averages against man coverage. So, you know, maybe Vegas plays more man coverage, but that comes with its own set of risks uh, against Mahomes and, and Kelsey and all these guys. But a great matchup for Rice and underlying usage now just gives him, uh, you know, massive upside. Yep, that I'm projecting him for more than six receptions this week. So like you said, yeah. he's he, Travis Kelsey, but at the wide receiver position. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, those routes, we were waiting all year for the for these yeah. routes to kind of get to this 80-90% range. And we're here. Uh, who do you like for value? Uh, I like Trey Tucker here. Uh, you know, last week we saw his, you should jump back up. You know, he was right back to a 35% routes run rate. Uh, went off for three catches, 59 yards and two touchdowns. So the cat's kind of out of the bag on him, but I, I do like him. You know, he's, he's a nice downfield threat. And I've been saying for weeks now that Aiden O'Connell is basically Jameis Winston. <laughs> like he'll let it rip downfield. You know, sometimes it's going to be too aggressive. He's going to throw some pretty bad picks and stuff, but we like that. If, if we have the downfield threat, we, we don't give a shit if he throws a couple picks, uh, at least he's going deep. Uh, and this is a game where, you know, they're probably going to be trailing. And, you know, forced into a pretty aggressive pass-heavy game script. So um, I, I like Tucker just based on his his upside's perfect for one game slate. We saw that last week. Uh, so unfortunately, his roster ship will be a bit higher than I would like it. But uh, I, I still think he's worth it for the potential ceiling we can get here. Yeah, he was one of those beneficiaries early and often uh, just running open last week. So uh, we'll see this week, but yeah, I like him, like like targeting rookies at this time of year mm-hmm. uh, as well. And uh, another one is Michael Mayer, tight end, sixty six percent route participation under Antonio Pierce compared to forty seven percent under Josh McDaniels. He's seen five of his seven red zone targets since the coaching change. And uh, Kansas City man heavy defense, but Mayer thirty percent of his targets against man. That's the third most on the team, minimum of ten targets. Uh, so. Uh, he has, you know, tight ends usually more productive versus zone, but Mayer, you know, he does have some skills. He was pretty highly drafted, uh, so he can beat some some linebackers and some safeties uh, from time to time. So he's actually done that this year. So like him, uh, like investing in him uh, as yeah. well. You know, wait in a year, continue breaking out. Uh, another guy. I mean, everyone had a touchdown, I guess, last <laughs> week. Uh, so, uh, but uh, he like four dart throws. Do you like darts, Ted? Okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Uh, I like Richie James here. You know, the the Kansas City receiver room has been a nightmare all year. Uh, Rasheed Rice is the only one we could trust right now. Um, but Skymar was his place on IR. 
And Kadarius Tony keeps getting involved in these ridiculous turnover, backbreaking plays. Did you see that interception? Where he's oh yeah, bobbling it. Uh, Mahomes <laughs> was pissed at you know Mahomes was probably pissed at him for that that offsides, and he was taking it out on the refs. This time he was pissed at uh, Kadarius Tony. So like at some point they're gonna have to give it up. And R- Richie James is there. I mean he's been solid. Uh, you know and. We've seen his routes run rate, you know, around like the 10, 20% rate since he came back. But I would not be shocked, you know, with Moore's injury and Tony just being ridiculous. Uh, if, you know, he sees 30, 40% routes run right here, and that could be enough for him to sneak in, you know, three or four catches and be very low. And I can't imagine many people are flocking to Richie James right now, but he's sitting there to kind of take advantage of this revolving wide receiver room uh earlier in the year i think he he was you know playing decent playing time um so now that he's back healthy and he has an opening i think he could take it so he's at least worth a dart throw in a few lineups here yeah this is around the time last year when he really started to pick up steam as well right like he's yeah like uh, last week 16 i think he got like 11 targets and eight catches so it's the uh, time maybe a repeat because uh, yeah. you could definitely I mean, there's a chance he could even run around on like 70, 60, 70% if he, if like they there. go, yeah, if they put Tony back to his normal like 25% and he takes yeah. all of Sky Moore's, all of Tony's plus what he was doing on his own, yeah, he could, he could yeah. be the second most, uh, like the receiver with the second most snaps. So I like that one uh, as well. Uh, I'm going Noah Gray, uh, probably like James Moore to be honest, but Noah Gray, you know, going against his uh, Vegas defense 24th in DVOA against tight ends and they play the third most zone coverage as I mentioned and Gray 73% of his targets uh, have come against zone that's the most on the Chiefs so uh, if he does pop for you know more than his usual one catch uh, (laughs) or you know whatever one to two catches this is the type of matchup that it would happen in so uh, and who knows I mean Sky Moore going on IR, maybe the answer is more uh, one-two personnel. I mean, they mm. were having a lot of success with that down the stretch last year when Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, his health kind of started failing him. They went to more one-two personnel and, and had success throughout that playoff run. So uh, perhaps we even see more of that again uh, from KC this time around. So like Gray as well. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, let's go to the Giants at the Eagles. Game two, Monday. Eagles favored by ten and a half. Total forty three and a half. Luck rank. Both of these teams have been luck. Uh, some among the luckiest. Giants are seventh. Phillies third. So Phillies out of the top. Well, Phillies number one most of the year, I think. They were, yeah, but, they uh, were number one initially, and then they fell to two once the Steelers took over. But uh, they were, they were definitely kind of underlyingly fraudulent, and it yes. showed. You know, it, it's a brutal stretch of the schedule. Let's face it, but they they have definitely uh, been falling off lately. Yeah, they can't buy a, a win anymore. So yeah. uh, now this is, like, I guess, it could be a get right game against the Giants. Uh, and uh, with that in mind, who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, well, I'm going to stick with DeAndre Swift here. You know, I had him um, in that Monday night game, uh, you know, against Seahawks last night. They leaned on him heavily, had 18 carries for like 70 plus yards. Um, I, I could see them sticking with that this week. Um, you know, they leaned on Swift heavily at the beginning of the year when they were actually winning games. So they might just think, hey, we should start doing that again. Um, and th- this is a game where they they should win. Uh, and lean on Swift heavily. So he could see 15, 20 plus touches here. And, you know, obviously the limitations with him, especially in the captain slot, is Jalen Hurts is going to get all of the one yard touchdowns. Uh, but last week, Swift almost scored. I think it was like a 10 yarder. He fell down at the one, but, you know, he, he has a lot of pop. He can score a long touchdown here or then. So uh, I think he could still be, you know, sneaky touchdown bet here. Um, and this is a game where, you know, that. Hertz might check down to running backs a little bit more, maybe not up the scramble against the Giants if if they do get a, a commanding lead. So th- this is a game where if they want Hertz to to take a little bit less beating, um, you know, just ride DeAndre Swift as much as they can. So I think he has a, a ton of upside here, and I, I do like him in the captain slot. Did you see they uh, they modified the touch push? At, it wasn't by the goal line, but they had instead of Hertz sneaking it, they actually handed it to Swift around the left. <laughs> left uh left tackle so um there is that like one of these days yeah. he's gonna get like a one yard touchdown just like off the tush push where everyone goes middle yeah and they, he just walks they've in. done that before right did they pitch it to gain well i'm trying to remember they had some yeah, offshoot they, of that they've had a couple of they don't use it often because the tush push is i think it's like 90 <laughs> yeah, percent so i you? get it the yeah, but, you know, purpose. <laughs> yeah but i mean this is a divisional opponent so maybe they do mix it up uh, I think they, they could do something like that when it's, you know, fourth or third and one on their own 40 or something. They're going up for the tush push. Maybe do that. Maybe get a six yard touchdown. So, yeah, I think we will start to see them, you know, get creative with it. Uh, I'm going with A.J. Brown here. I, I know he's kind of been the topic of conversation and it. It almost seems like it's one of those games where he's like the opposite of the squeaky wheel. Like everyone's like, they throwing at him too much. And it's true. Jamin Hurts, is, if he's, he looks at him as his first read. And then, I mean, that that play when he had Smith open on the crosser and he just didn't, mm. it was like a third down. He missed him. That was, that was brutal. Um, but at the same time, I cannot fade A.J. Brown against a man-heavy defense. A.J. Yeah. Brown obliterates man coverage. The Giants play the eighth most man. A lot of that is because they blitz so much under Wink Martindale, which you know kind of forces you usually to play a man coverage. But 
A.J. Brown, three and a half yards per route against man coverage, which is just elite. Uh, 2.4 against zone is not too shabby either, but three and a half is, you know, that's it's top near the top of the NFL uh, in terms of his production per route on a per route basis against man coverage. It's been like this uh, since he joined the Eagles. I know we've been we talked about this last year where it's like, OK, Smith against zone, A.J. against man. Yeah. Um, and so this, this, this is just that kind of matchup. And uh, Giants 26 in DVOA against number one receivers. You know, Adoree and, and Banks on the outside, just they, they've been giving up some plays. So, um, yeah, like uh, like AJ here, even though I'm sure there'll be like the narrative that Hurts needs to look elsewhere. It, this this guy, he's just he's going to be open in this one. So yeah. I, I'm sure Hurts will find him at, at some point. Uh, who do you like for value? Uh, I like uh, Darren Waller here. You know, he he was eased back into action last week. Uh, only ran around on forty seven percent of uh, Devito's dropbacks. Uh, but he still you know posted a solid line, four catches for forty yards. Doesn't have much target competition, I guess. You know, Wandale Robinson. Um, that you know they have similar route trees, but I, I think that his playing time is going to go up, and he's only going to get more chemistry with uh, Devito. So. Uh, this is a good spot where the Eagles have struggled against tight ends this year. They rank 31st in DVOA. Uh, a lot of that is just their linebackers. Um, you know, they don't really invest much in linebackers, and they've been dealing with injuries. Zach Cunningham has been missing time. He's their best coverage linebacker. So if he's out again, I'm going to like Waller even more. Uh, but this is a spot where, you know, Waller could just go bonkers, six or more catches, you know, with the touchdown or two. So I like going with Darren Waller in this matchup. Yeah, and I think, you know, you said mentioned Waller and Wandale and Robinson have similar route, route treats, but it looks like Avante Maddox is actually going to be back uh, this week for the Eagles. Oh, wow. And that, that would be big. Uh, that's going to be huge. Slot. So that's why I, you know, I'm looking to target wow. everyone kind of butt the slot for, uh, <laughs> you know, on the Giants pass catcher. So, yeah, I like Darius Slayton uh, for value. 95% route participation in his last uh, two games since the bye. And we all know Philadelphia giving up the most uh production of wide receivers so yeah i think um especially it sounds like maddox is going to be back um this week um that's kind of what the reports are so if he is yeah i think wandale who has been running the most routes and kind of been trending up but i think that that would be a tough matchup for uh wandale which would you know kind of make me want to look uh elsewhere for uh for value uh Darthos, he got this is the best I, I sorry i already know who you're going with this is the best start throw Oh, yeah, the, you know yeah. where I'm going. It's yeah. Boston Scott. You know, this is a game where, like I said, that the Eagles will like to be run heavy, uh, may actually win this game, maybe even more than 10 points. And I think in that situation, we would see Scott heavily involved in potential garbage time. But, you know, whenever he's seen work this year, there's a stretch. He's getting a few carries a game. Um, he's looked great this year. Uh, he's always been that way. But you know, I don't think he scored a touchdown this year, but it wouldn't be a NFL season without a Boston Scott touchdown. Um, so it, it, we have a few weeks for this to happen. So I think what better time than, you know, on Christmas on a showdown slate to have a, a gift, you know, a Boston Scott vulture touchdown, maybe a brotherly shove trick type play. That would be the perfect Boston Scott way of scoring a touchdown. So uh, I think you got to maybe not too many shares of him here, but Definitely need uh, some flyers, you know, some shares of Boston Scott here. So Boston Scott, we know he's never been like a full-time player, right? Like he's always been kind of a change of pace guy. Yeah. He's played nine career games against the Giants. Uh-oh. Eight, eight in the regular season, once in the playoffs. He scored at every single one of them. 
Really? Every single mm. one of them. He scored at least one touchdown. Well, there you go. 100% chance now. That's what you had to say. Boston Scott against the Giants. I mean, this is like, this is like, if there's ever like a, a player versus team trend like that i would just blindly follow it's boston scott against the giants i mean it's just been ridiculous it's Uh, they just can't stop keep him out of the end zone it's just like uncanny like he'll be the third string running back on philly which it's because it's all these games have come on with with the eagles and you know he's never really been a starter for them like it's always been like second or third up in the pecking order every game he scores yeah but he scores a handful of touchdowns here i was not aware that every time he's played the giants oh yeah he gives our um, like fan base nightmares. Like this is like we we're probably more oh, scared of Boston Scott than like Jalen Hurts. In this oh, and they, yeah, they play each other twice. They haven't played yet. This yeah, season. so they yeah. play each other twice. Yeah, this is Boston Scott's games. entire production of 2023 is coming up in the next three weeks. Like this. All right, it's, so it's, he so yeah, he's going to score it. at least two touchdowns the rest of the way. Yeah. Should we make a side bet on that? Um, no, because it's still a touchdown. But <laughs> oh, but, but I will yeah, I will yeah. I will be ranking them uh, a lot yeah. higher than I than was usual. so pissed. I I thought you were on to something with Rashad Penny. I was so pissed when he was in yeah there. yeah. I mean, I definitely uh, projected him for like a half carry just in case. But no, Boston Scott though. I mean, he, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like he he he's been the third string back. Like his role hasn't changed, and right. he's like last year he was the number three back. He he had. Uh, Six carries, thirty-three and a touchdown in the first game. Nine for fifty-four and a touch in the second game. Uh, how many? And, uh, how many times has, has he played the Giants since the invention of the brotherly shove? Though, uh, what did that was that tw- last year, twenty twenty-two? Last year, yeah. So that I mean, uh, he so still sc- three times, and he scored in all three games. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> if it survives <laughs> on, on, on the snap rates push. of on on snap rates of eighteen, thirty-three, and twenty-three. Oh, I know the snap rates are low, but if he survived the tush push era to still yeah. get a touchdown those games that's insane yeah no it's it, it he it's something about him and the giants like that's why i was like you got the best uh dart that this is the best dart throw like it's, well thanks for letting me like, take that one or did yeah. i take it first i, I don't remember no i not i, I went in i was like i was like i'll stick to the giants pass catchers i'll let you get uh yeah okay i, I figured you was All going right. boston scott since you had us uh, I figured you're gonna go like Swift or like some running back. So I was like, all right, I'll let yeah. you let you have this one. Thank but you. no, there's I I love it. I love Scott. I think that's yeah. it's just I don't know why it is, but it is. Um <laughs> There has to be a reason. He's not from New York or anything, is he? And no, that's a good question. I don't know where he's from. His name is Boston. I would hope he's not from New Boston. York. Boston. He's from Boston. Oh shit. He's actually born on my birthday though, April twenty seventh. Oh, nice. Uh he is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. So, nope. Well- We'll find an angle. I'll find a reason <laughs> yep. for this. But uh, for my dart throw, uh, Jalen Hyatt, I think is interesting. You know, he's quintessential boomer bust guy, even more so than a guy like Slayton. But uh, again, Philly's given up the most fancy points to wideouts. Darius Slade just had arthroscopic surgery. If they get Maddox back, that kind of, you know, probably takes out the slot. So could look for Hyatt down the field and 82% route participation since the bye, which, you know, another rookie who's finally getting uh, true starter level snaps, which he hasn't been getting for most of the year. So, uh, you know, true dart throw could end up with a yeah. goose egg, but uh, could also end up with a hundred yards and a touchdown or two. So uh, Jalen Hyatt for me, uh, let's go to the night cap, which is the true Monday night game. Also, one of the probably game of the one of the games of the year, or at least sets up to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niners favored by five and a half. Total forty six against the Ravens. 
Luck rankings, both teams middle of the pack. Baltimore 17, San Francisco 14. So nothing crazy there. Yeah. Uh, so who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, I'm sticking with Isaiah Likely here in the captain slot again. I use him there uh, against the Jaguars, and he came through five catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown, 88% routes run rate. I mean, he's literally the same role as Mark Andrews, maybe, you know, not as talented, obviously, but like I said, he's arguably the best backup tight end in the league now that Trey McBride took over for the Cardinals, but... I mean, imagine if Mark Andrews is playing, we would consider him for the captain slot. And I think likely is still kind of overlooked uh, despite being like almost a one for one replacement. So it's a, it's a tough matchup, but it's one where Baltimore is going to have to throw to keep up. So I, I think likely could have a big game here. Yeah. And uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people looking at like the 49er players in the captain spot anyway. So uh, right. it's a nice, and he's a little bit cheaper too. So I like that, like that from a lot of different angles. Uh, I'll go with, I, this, I love the way this game sets up because it sets up perfectly for uh, kind of Bible bounce back spots of two of the best players on the 49ers. <laughs> uh, the first is Brandon Ayuko, I like in the captain spot. You know, he was quiet last game despite them scoring 40. What I think it was the most points they've scored in a few years, actually, which is kind of crazy. Oh, wow. Because they've been scoring a lot of points every week. But yeah, that 45 burger they dropped yep. on uh, Arizona was uh, most they've scored in a while. Uh, but Baltimore, fifth most man coverage. Ayuk, four yards per route against man cover. Remember, A.J. Brown was elite at like three and a half? Ayuk yeah. <laughs> is like, I mean, he's just been unstoppable against man coverage this year. Four yards per route compared to 2.7 against zone, which is also elite. Uh, but this is where you kind of see the separation between uh, Debo and Ayuk is versus zone. It's kind of like the, the Eagles. Zone, it's Devontae Smith for the Eagles. Zone is Debo for the Niners, but... When you see a more man-heavy defense, that's when Ayuk tends to ball out. He has 360 receiving yards against man. Debo only has 98. I know Debo did miss some games, but still, it's, um, you can kind of see just how, how much of a massive difference uh, it is. So this is the kind of matchup where uh, Ayuk would generally be the team's leading receiver. So like going back to him and probably get a little bit of a discount just because of how shaky he was last week and you know with mm-hmm. Debo kind of going off I think a lot of people are going to kind of like Debo's going to they're going to look at Debo as like that number one receiver and the guy they got to get in the most lineups but I actually think this is a week where you know we've kind of seen this with the Niners right like you can't support everyone every week so somebody's going to yeah. have like a bad game at least one yeah. so you know it's been McCaffrey and Debo kind of balling out these last few weeks especially so yeah like I this week yeah, he hasn't had many duds. Last week was his worst game. So perfect by low. The, his other worst game was against the Rams. Three catches, 43 yards. He got hurt during that game. Mm-hmm. And then he followed up with six catches, 148 yards. So he doesn't stay yeah. down for too long. Yeah, this is uh, no, it's prime Ayuk spot. Uh, who do you like for value? I like Odell Beckham uh, as a value play. You know, I agreed with you on the projection pod that his median projection is probably a lot lower than people think. Um you know, I haven't ranked outside my top 45 right now, but, yep. uh, you know, a lot of that's due to just his playing time. He hasn't topped a 60% routes run rate for several weeks now, but he, he's really commanding a high target rate, um, you know, over the last handful of games. And he, and he sees valuable targets downfield in the red zone. So uh, he has a high ceiling as a result, uh, which he has been hitting a lot lately. So, um, you know, th- this is a matchup, though, where we could see his playing time go up like, I don't know, 70% rage. This is a huge game. 
they'll likely have to throw, um, you know, a lot more. So maybe we'll see less Nelson Aguilar or Bateman here. I, I don't know, but he, he obviously carries a huge ceiling. So similar to your Taysom Hill play where I, I don't like him in season long head to head necessarily for a single game showdown slate. Absolutely sign me up for what's potentially, you know, a big game for him. Yeah. It's like, uh, and who uh, we, uh, on the other night, on the night shift pod where we broke down the, uh, Saturday and Sunday game, it's like a Gabe Davis too. It's like another guy yeah. who just median projection low, but DFS kind of perfect, right? Cause the ceiling doesn't change. The median can lower. That doesn't necessarily mean the ceiling is any lower. Exactly. A lot of times the floor is, is usually the thing that's, uh, decreasing. But uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, last time we played San Francisco, nine for one thirteen in the playoff in that playoff game mm. for the Rams. So nice. uh, he's definitely had some experience uh, shredding their defense. Uh, I'm uh, I already mentioned it. For me, it's Kittle. You know, mentioned Ayuk is the one, and then Kittle two point five yards per route against man, two point two against zone. So a little more equal, but still better against man. And he's second on the team in yardage versus man. He has two hundred sixty two, uh, and again Debo only ninety eight, and that that just kind of signifies like this could be a game where even though Debo has been hot, this could be a game where Debo takes a little bit of a backseat. I think Ayuk uh, and Kittle will be the two beneficiaries. So another guy who in season long, I think he's down to like my tight end seven in this matchup, just because, mm. you know, it's a little lower scoring projection for the Niners than usual going against the Ravens defense. But um, from a DFS perspective, love the buy low, love the bounce back spot and love, you know, using him and cheap going to be a cheaper play than a, uh, a Debo Samuel and, you know, even a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you know, if, if, if uh, Kittle can go off, that's going to take some, some away from uh, McCaffrey underneath too. So uh, like, uh, like Kittle in this matchup. Dart throw. Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, let's go with the fullback here. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. We're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. Let's go with the best fullback in the game, Kyle Juszczyk. Why not? Not Patrick, uh, not Patrick Ricard? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like I'm just he, kidding. He's a, I mean, in different he's ways. He's not the best in the game. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, when, he was playing defense, when he was playing defensive line, too. I mean, that was pretty yeah. valuable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be juice. Uh, you know, I love throwing him out there, uh, you know, on the occasional – 49er showdown slate uh last week he saw an uptick uptick in route participation 45 percent route run rate um and you know if they are saving you know sort of a trick or gimmicky play or just targeting a player like him that would be the time uh, against the ravens right uh ravens have a very good defense so they might need to get a little bit more creative so he could score a touchdown he has two touchdowns this year if he scores a touchdown you'll probably need him uh, to, to take down the slate. So I think the odds are probably greater than people realize. And, you know, the Jaguars, it was their gimmicky players had the two biggest plays last week with, you know, Luke Farrell had a nice 28-yard uh, catch, kind of caught him off guard. And Jamal Agnew had that long touchdown, obviously kind of different players. But um, it just goes to show that this is a spot where if 49ers have something up their sleeve with use check, uh, now would be the time to roll it out. And it's a revenge game for Juice Jack. Remember, oh, he started God, that his was a long time ago. Yeah, for, for, yeah. The year after Baltimore played San Francisco in the Super Bowl was Juice Jack's rookie year, wow, uh, twenty thirteen. And then long he time ago, for, yeah, four years with the Ravens. Came over to the Niners in twenty seventeen, which I believe yeah. was the same year Shanahan came over, right? And then, um, 
yeah so wow revenge game for him uh he was he was the guy that uh he probably gave niner fans a heart attack because he was the guy that caught that ball on the uh the the pass where purdy got weighed out and it looked like he might be dead oh uh, yeah (laughs) he was like rising in pain on the ground but he came back in two plays later but yeah he caught two last week that was one of them um but yeah i could see him doing something oh I, I feel like in prime time too fullbacks tend to i don't know what it is about prime time but i feel like tend to see these guys pop off yeah, true make fullbacks great again i am going with justice hill uh just when keaton mitchell's starting to really take control here we go again ravens just cannot have nice things in the backfield Brutal. i mean it's dobbins and and edwards last year and you know uh keaton mitchell now and so we're back to hill and, and edwards and those, you know, first eight games before Mitchell was really a factor, um, Justin Hill was averaging 9.1 touches per game, 40 scrimmage yards per game. He had three touchdowns. It was really these last five games where he started to take, you know, became a true three-way committee. He started to take more of a backseat with just three touches for 16 yards per game with no touchdowns. So um, this Raven backfield always tough to kind of figure out even when, you know, there are two guys. Because I remember – it was like Gus Edwards was healthy and we thought he was going to be the lead back, but there would be times when, when Hill would kind of get just as many touches and goal line work. So, yeah, I do think there's some upside with Hill beyond just that normal pass uh, passing game role. But if there was ever a, a game where Baltimore uh, was going to need their pass game back, going yeah. against what I think is probably the best team in the league, if it's not Baltimore, it's got to be San Francisco, I think, at this point. So, um, yeah, I think this is a good matchup for him. But he, he has some kind of unrealized upside because sometimes they just treat him like, the feature back anyway. So um, who knows if that'll be the case this one, but either way, you should get some, some pass down work and uh, could push for double digit touches. Yep. Ideal game script. This probably isn't a Gus game. Uh, it's probably a justice Hill game. And, you know, I wouldn't worry about Melvin Gordon. I can't imagine him seeing too much playing time here either. Yeah. Is it also oh, definitely him being called up. He uh, is absolutely already... on the 53 man roster right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, I, I had it in my sheet. I was like, it's either going to be him or uh who is it? I think I got Owen Wright or somebody, but I figured it was going to be one of those two guys because Drake is uh, yes. long gone. He's on the Packers it's now. It's Gordon. And I think he needed he needed uh, Justice Hill to actually miss time to actually see snaps earlier in the season. Yeah. But other than that, he hasn't really seen much work. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure I, I would I would say Gordon probably will get like five snaps, maybe three to five snaps. But will he to get a touch? I don't know. <laughs> um, but the Ravens, I can never yeah. count the Ravens out of like just doing random things with their backfield. So um, I, I, I'm definitely projecting Gordon for like half a carry and like half a catch or something like that. Not um, enough to use in any lineups, right? Not enough. I mean, unless you're doing like the full, what is it, like 150, then yeah, I mean, I can't really stay, don't roster anyone. In case, but, yeah, like Gus yeah. or Justice Hill would get hurt in game and yeah, yeah. Melvin Gordon I think would if, have to play. If 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 let's say Hill got hurt, I do think Gordon would play a good amount on pass on pass downs. Oh yeah. Least. So yeah, it's not the craziest thing, but Hill anyway, I think is the is the guy who I think it just this matchup and game script sets up for him uh, really well. Oh, and they elevated Malik Cunningham too. He's he's a receiver now. Could have some gadget plays with him. Oh, I, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, he, I guess he's there. Um, what like McSorley replacement? Didn't they have? Didn't they have McSorley for a while? Like last yeah, few years? Yeah, yeah. He would be in there just to run it. Like yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the Patriots kept hinting that they'd use him, and they never did. But they could have some Malik Cunningham packages. He's got some wheels. He's he's uh he's pretty good. At, like line him up there, 
like wildcat. Don't let him throw it, but he can run it for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, good, a good, good, uh, good acquisition for them, especially with yeah. you know, Lamar, you know, kind of, he can do some of those same things as well. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for our special bonus episode of the Action Network Fantasy Flex podcast. Uh, be sure to check out the full list of luck rankings. Those are over at actionnetwork.com. And for more fantasy content from Sean and I, you can also find those at actionnetwork.com. You can check out our player projections episode uh, over on the Action Network podcast channel. Uh, our fantasy preview where we break down the main slate uh, is over on this channel. It's out now. And so is our night shift episode where we break down the Saturday and the uh, Sunday night football DFS slates. Uh, don't forget the Action Network Discord server. We'll link in the episode description for that. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you had a, a great year. Have a great uh, holiday. And uh, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.